This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right. Anybody wants to share anything, make any confessions? I know I make that joke every week. I still think it's funny, so I'll keep making it. I'll keep making it. Um, anybody wants to share anything or ask any questions, feel free to uh, open floor. Just take a mic, though. Here, pass the mic down. Yeah? Don't worry. Nobody's going to see you. On the bottom. Yeah. What if someone, like, they're in a relationship, they're not, like, there's no crisis, like, you, you, you're you married for already a couple of years, you figure things out. Yeah. You, quote, unquote, know how to argue. Yeah. Like, but you just feel, like, stagnant. Like, you want to go, for, like, move forward with your relationship. Okay. Without, like, you ready, like, what someone already does, I understand you, I hear you, all that. Okay. Like, just, I don't know if you heard that concept where someone will tell you, like, I just feel stagnant. Where a relationship feels like it's like getting stale. No, 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 not stale. Like getting better, but it's not like. Speak out. <laughs> no, like in the be- like I'm sh- like people like after right after like a bunch of years like you figure things out. There's yeah. always more things to figure out. Sometimes it's kids, sometimes it's not. Whatever it is. Yeah. But then you can sometimes get to that point where you're just like, okay, like, like I'm calm, like things are good, like. I think that the 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 ability to change is not always so apparent. Meaning, I'll give you an example. Uh, somebody who weighs 500 pounds, again, if somebody does, this is not, okay, I'm, 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 okay, um, I'm not judging anybody. Okay, I'm just saying, if somebody weighs 500 pounds and they lose 300 pounds and they go down to weighing 200 pounds, right? My math is okay. Um, it's very, it's very, there's, you can, you can see the change dramatically, right? You know what else you can see a change? On a child, a baby, right? So, somebody has a baby, you see like every few weeks or every month, like, oh, they're saying new words. They're walking. They're talking. They're like, oh, they're like, what's going on? Right. You ever see like a 65 year old man and go like, wow, like when he turned 66, that was just a huge turning point. <laughs> right. It doesn't happen. Why not? Because at a certain point, the growth, it does, it seems like it slows down. It seems like it slows down. It doesn't necessarily slow down, but it seems like it slows down. And that's a good time. It's not a bad time. The beginning of marriage where people are trying to like figure things out and they're, Every little thing is a thing like, oh my gosh, she figured out how to make supper. Finally, Mazel tov. You know, like she's not burning the water anymore. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like when they like it, those baby steps in the beginning are just baby steps. When a couple gets to a certain point, there's a certain like minucha, like, okay, we got it. We're good. We're not like trying to figure out basics anymore. But what, what tends to happen is that the couples that are strong, when it's the quiet times, when it's not wartime, all of a sudden, when they hit a crisis or they hit a major decision, they want to move. They have to they switch jobs. He gets fired. And she wants to go back to college. Whatever it is, if you're strong, then you have the, the tools to be able to now deal with that next step or that next challenge. You know what I'm saying? It's not fake. It's not a fake like, oh, we're good. No, we're really good because we're always working and we're... but the from the outside looking in or even from the inside sometimes you're like wait in the beginning it seemed like we were growing and we had so much yeah because you didn't know anything you didn't know anybody you didn't you had no relationship no real relationship with this person it's not necessarily a bad sign it's actually probably a good sign when somebody sees that like hey i don't feel like i have to be working and growing and changing when when that person weighs 200 pounds let's go back to the um yeah that person right when they go from 200 to 195 it's, it's a big deal there's no great shakes anymore it's it's when when you see from the beginning when there's a lot to work on that's when it's much more recognizable. 
So it's not necessarily a bad thing when that's the case. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. If you have a lot of blind trust, can't it end in resentment sometimes if you don't you're like a little bit thrown, like keep saying like, oh, not doing it to hurt me, but yeah, you could still end up feeling resentful that like things are not happening the way you want them. A hundred percent true. So uh, your, your question is right on the mark. Let's say somebody has blind trust. They say, I know that you're not meaning to hurt me, but you keep hurting me, right? So I'll tell you the answer. So, so play this out, okay? So how does your conversation look? It, well, this is crazy. I mean, this is the 10th time you did this to me, right? Or I'm trying to bring something out of you. Can we have a serious heart-to-heart talk? You see, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean to just forgive and move on and just become like a doormat because, you know, hey, I have to trust him. Trusting him, this is my point. Trusting him doesn't mean that you don't have a real conversation. But it, it also is not... Yeah, it's not an intervention all of a sudden that he has like, all of a sudden you have a diagnosis for why he's like, you know, he has Asperger's or he's on the spectrum or like all of a sudden, like I I literally, BPD, like I hear people like sitting there throwing out like medical terms and I'm like, are you a doctor? No, but like I Googled it. Like I figured out my spouse, like they they have all these issues. Well, why? Why do they have these issues? Because they're not, they're not getting your message, but that doesn't mean that they have something Medical. They don't necessarily have a medical diagnosis just because of that. Uh, my point is, is not that you're not going to have a conversation. You should have a conversation. I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble. Again, don't try this at home, okay? But, 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 but just hear what I'm saying, okay? In really, really strong relationships, you have the ability to turn to your spouse and say, can you help me be a better spouse? What do I need to do different? Like, tell me, not like, where am I going wrong? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. But like, you know, help me out. Tell me, where could I improve? Or give me one area you'd like me to focus on for the next few weeks. You're able to have like a real openness. We're not hiding behind the box, like playing, you know, Nerf guns with each other. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're able to have like a real open conversation. Like, let's talk openly. What do I need to do different? Tell me where you need me to focus. You need me to be at home earlier, more attentive to you for the children. Tell me what needs to happen here. You're able to really have a conversation because it's really coming out of love. And that's the key. You're able to turn to your spouse and be like, wow, you know, I really feel like you, you need to internalize that I need you home a little earlier. It would be so meaningful to me. I feel like our marriage needs that. I feel like our marriage needs you to be home a little bit earlier. That's it. I love you. So I'm not killing you for it. I'm actually having a conversation for you that probably will be heard. Right? And tomorrow I'll check in with you. Hey, by the way, I don't trust you so much to come home on time. Like, hey, how you doing? Tell me what time you're leaving the office. I want to go for a walk with you. That's it. It's not a major fight. You don't trust him. You don't trust him that he's going to do it, but you trust that he's not out to get you. You hear what I'm saying? And I have news for you. When he knows that you're not out to get him, then chances are he's not out to get you either. You know what I'm saying? Then all of a sudden he doesn't have to like, like pull out the guns and be like, you don't understand my life. You don't know the stresses I'm under. Right? How often do people, you don't even know what I'm going through. You don't understand finances. You, you're, you're, you're totally out to launch. Why are you saying these things right now? Why is it that he's coming back with like such a vengeance and because he feels that somebody came at him with a vengeance, right? That's usually what happens. And all of a sudden you don't even, you don't even remember what you're talking about anymore. You literally don't even remember what the argument was about anymore. I I know everybody here knows what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Right? We all had those conversations or you're sitting there scratching your head like, how did we get here? How did we get here? Why are we screaming at each other? I don't know. You scream at each other because you're trying to bridge the gap. But because you don't think the person really has your best interest at heart, what are you doing? 
you're screaming at him and you're yelling at him. So he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, watch this, watch this, watch this. I also, I also, I have bullets in the, in, in the chamber here. I'm saying, you watch this, right? And he has a lot of mean things to say to you also. That's not the way to go. doesn't mean you have blind trust. It means I don't trust you. I need, I need you, I need to have open conversation with you. But the conversation is out of love. The conversation is out of what our marriage needs. We're having a real talk. We're adults. We're not children. It's like kids on a playground, they, they're fighting over things and like they're just fighting over like stupidity. We're adults, so why are we fighting like children? We're not. We're just more sophisticated adults. Like we figured out how to become like more sophisticated children. It's, it's sad, right? I think it, there, there's, there's a lot in this to unpackage. Ba'atah is very, very powerful. I trust that you are not out to get me. I trust that you love me. I, I trust that you care for me. I trust that you want to be happy and that you want me to be happy. I absolutely blindly trust that. That's why I married you, right? I got into this relationship knowing that you 100% care for me. Okay, you're distracted. I need to remind you of that. So I'm not allowed to remind you of that. Of course I can remind you of that. Because I love you and you love me and we want, this, we want the same thing. Our end goal is the same, right? Our end goal is not, the, and my goal is not to fight with you. People say all the time, I don't want to fight with you, but I'm about to fight with you. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to fight with you, but, uh, but we're fighting. How are you fighting again? You're always fighting. Because we don't learn the art of fighting. Is that a mindset or are you actually telling yourself? You need to tell yourself before you tell your spouse. No, take take the mic for a second so people care. What I want to know. Like, yeah. like, is it enough to just tell myself or like, do I actually have to like speak those words out? Like, I think it could be both. First, you really need to feel it. And then, and then you need to communicate it. By the way, like, I know how hard you're working. By the way, the words that will come out of your mouth will be so much different if you really feel it. I see how hard you're working. I can't imagine the pressures you're under. You do an amazing job. You're really bringing in Parnassa. You're, you're killing yourself. I see, I see, you're, you're, you're a rock star. You're amazing. I just, I feel like, you know, we don't make enough time for each other though. Say it like that. Say the we word. Don't say me. Okay? I feel like we don't make enough time for each other, though. And like we really need to prioritize our marriage. It's really important to us. Who could resist that? It's impossible. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who could resist that? You're, you're, you're communicating a common goal. You're not saying me versus you. I feel like you're never here. I feel like you don't care about anything. That's me versus you. Me versus you is not a marriage. Me versus you is toxic. And that's where there's a differentiation here that I think has to be made. You understand? You don't then blindly say, okay, I guess I'll wait till you to come around. That's not the common goal either. You're not just giving in. You're having a real conversation. Is there a question over there? Um, yeah. You want to you take the mic? Oh, you have a mic there. Okay, got there. Go ahead. Okay. Um, any tips or advice for a couple about to have a baby going through the postpartum survival life for the second time? Any tips? Let's say this again slowly. One second, I have to process this. Any Okay, so any tips for going through postpartum um, <laughs> the second time around, like how to survive? Don't take anything personally. <laughs> I, I think, by the way, this is this really fits into this into this concept, right? Is that when people are going through, you know, emotions and hormones and all that other stuff, they're not. They don't mean. They don't mean to chew your head off. They don't mean to be down. Your spouse at that point generally needs a lot more of your time and attention to be present, to be helpful. That's how you get through it. But she's so irritable right now. Yeah, because she just went through 
a lot. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Just be on your best behavior, not because you're tiptoeing around her. And, and I'll just add one more thing also. And I think this goes to your question. Like, I, I like to think that there's a lot of people who mean well and they say, you know, let's call it, they say the right things. And then there's people who like internalize a feeling like in their bones, internalize in your bones that your spouse is not out to get you. Like internalize that in your bone. Your spouse is not out to get you. You don't have to talk to yourself and convince yourself that. Like like literally put it in your bones. My spouse loves me. My spouse is not out to get me. Now when you talk to them, it's a different conversation. When 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 a person's going to have a baby, it's like the greatest moments of your life. Like your spouse is going through a lot right now. Like really care for them. Really feel what they're going through. You know what I'm saying? Like internalize that feeling. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to say to yourself, okay, my duties right now is that I have to get up and help with the baby. That your duties right now, I'm saying, what are we talking about? It's your child. It's your child. Your child. It's not, it's not, it's not like a homeless child that you took in and like you adopt. It's your child, right? You have to watch out for your baby. Like, what are we saying here? If you internalize, like, this is my child, this is my wife, it, it puts things in a different mindset. My wife needs my help. My child needs my help. My wife needs my help with my child. Not her child. I hear people say this all the time. Like, oh, I took your car to the, to the shop or, oh, I, I bought groceries for you or I, I bought, like, I brought, I bought sup, I bought the things you need to make for supper. You bought her the things you need her to make for supper. Who's she making supper for? What are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? You, if, if you don't, I, I, you know, the, 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 this course, let's call it, is called Journey of Unity. If you don't view yourself as a unit, so then it, it, you just lose sight of what you're saying. We don't even understand what we're saying. Like, I bought you the food. You woman in the kitchen, you need the food. Me, I'll figure it out. What does that mean? You know what I'm saying? You buy something for Shabbos. You bought it for the family. You bought it for yourself. It's yourself. You have to like internalize these, 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 these feelings. A lot of people say, I respect my spouse and I could, t- I could write it down on paper what I respect about him. Okay. Watch how you talk to him in private. Okay. Watch how you talk to him in private. Then that's all you need to know if you really respect him. Watch the next time you have a fight or argument or you're upset about something, then you'll know how much you respect him. If it's in your bones, it's like, can I talk to you for a minute? You'll be calm. You'll be able to communicate normally. Not like a shrill voice that like the dogs next door, next door are barking. You know what I'm saying? Like you're able to like actually talk like a human being because it's like, hey, we're having an, like an adult conversation. It has to become like in, in, in the bones that you feel it and you know it, not that you have to convince yourself. If you have to convince yourself, then start by convincing yourself. But if you, if you don't, so then, then let's go. You know what I'm saying? Now's a good time to get started before the fight. So that when, when that moment happens, you're able to deal with it like in a different way than maybe it was done in the past. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Another question? <laughs> Go ahead. Is there anybody who wants to say anything there? Or, or yeah, you want them to type it in? Okay, go ahead. Um, when small things become offensive to me, like backseat driving, I'll say something, then my husband will feel attacked, and then get very offended. How do I go about expressing my pain? It's, re- it's really helpful to me. So these situations will make me hold in the pain and get distant. Say this again. Let me, let me, let me rehash this. Okay, so so basically, so 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 let's say the woman will will say sitting in the back seat, you know, hey, what's going on with uh, with the driving here? We're trying to, right? This is um, this is not Pac Man, right? This is not Pac Man where we have to like gobble up all the 
white lines along the car, right? Okay, so that's that's what's going on, and he feels attacked. So, okay, so let's talk about this for a second. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. This is like, I would say this is like trust in a certain area that your spouse who's driving probably doesn't want to kill you. Very good, right? Their, they, their life is also on the line, right? And therefore, they're probably well aware of what it is. Oh. <laughs> now, now, by the way, if, if your spouse is not trustworthy in this area because they're driving 105 miles an hour down the side street, right? So then, then you are right to not trust them, right? You are right that they have not earned your trust in this area. And you could say to them, like, you know, I, I would like to drive next time or, you know, I need to talk to you. I feel very unsafe in the car. But if your spouse is driving normal, you know, my wife just made a, a, a comment to me. I'll, I'll say it as a joke because my car has that when you when you don't stay in the lanes, it gives you like an alert that, you know what I'm saying? And it says you need to pull over and drink a coffee, which I think is that's what it says. It says like pull over now and drink a coffee. Whatever, that's what it does. So my wife's like, this is amazing. I could just sit back here in the passenger seat and the car does all the talking for me. Like, I don't have to say a word <laughs> because the car is like, bling, bling, like emergency, pull over right now and drink a coffee. That's what it does. It, it, it first warns you and then it gets like really adamant in its, uh, in its thing. But yeah, you have to turn off the setting. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But the point is, is that in a normal situation where your spouse is, is driving regular, um, even if it's a little erratic, most likely you're nagging them or whatever it is is not going to get you anywhere. And if you trust that they don't mean to kill you and that they have your best interest. But by the way, and I'll go back to this question before, if something needs to be said and it's said in a loving way, it usually is accepted also. Meaning if a wife goes like, like, uh, oh, like, are we, whatever. You can make a funny comment. You could say it however you want. If it's done in a loving way, it usually won't be taken like you're trying to correct me and, and, and figure out how, you know, how to change my life. What's the next one? <laughs> Read the surrender, right? <laughs> Hi, Doc. <laughs> okay. I, I, by the way, I have to say something. You know, my wife and I, okay, let's talk about that for a second, okay? Okay, right. So I don't want to use this platform right now to talk about this book, but my wife and I have... Right, it's like my wife and I have have like a whole a whole thing that we recorded, which one day we will release to the public, like a conversation. What? The empowered wife. Okay, that's the new terminology. Um, where we where we go through that whole book and like the parts that are like you know really really good, which many of them are, and certain parts that maybe we need to be tweaked because there also is a husband involved. Right. So we, we have to like discuss this <laughs> in depth. We will do that at a future, at a future thing. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad or I'm not endorsing it here either, but I'm saying th- this is something that has to be spoken through all the various, like her six or seven she, principles. I, okay. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll get there. One day we'll get there. We'll graduate to that. Okay. What's the next question? What's the next question? We we are struggling a lot. My husband often wakes up in the afternoon and feels very achy about himself. I try very hard to be a supportive wife. He's yeah. been in therapy for years about this, and nothing really changed. Okay, so somebody who's who's sleeping till mid afternoon feels achy about this. This is somebody who needs. So okay, let me talk. Let me take a, a different approach to this. I'll say the regular approach, and then I'll say the secondary approach. So somebody like this needs let's call it motivation, coaching, therapy, somebody in order to get them out of the, right? It may be medication, diagnosis, whatever it may be, in order to get them out of that rut. Because that's 
almost like a sign of somebody who's in a depressed state. I'm not going to say they're depressed. I'm not an enlightened mental health professional. I don't mean to cure, treat, cure, prevent any diseases, but I'm just saying such a person needs somebody to guide them along the road of, you know, getting themselves to be productive and get up and feel good about themselves. However, I'm going to just throw something out there is that a lot of times what I find people are very focused on the trauma that they may have gone through or the upbringing that they may have gone through. And they're very, um, looking in the rear view mirror. I'm sure there's a good English word for this. They're very retrospective. Psh, that's a good word. Yeah. They're very retrospective. Um, and their, their entire like outlook on this is why am I like this? And how do I treat this? And how do I get out of this? But by the time they figure it out, oftentimes they're 97 years old, right? And they're in a home and they're eating pudding. So a lot of times there, there has to be like a forward thinking model in order to motivate the person and give them tools and skills to be able to attack this almost from like a, 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 a prospective perspective. Okay. If that, if that's the right word, meaning sometimes people need to just be taught and told how to function even through all the things that they may have gone through. But this is somebody that needs, because ultimately a person who's sitting in bed half the day is, is affecting their spouse, right? Something that we touched on last time, which I, I want to touch on now is that every single relationship, when you're in a relationship, it's like rings that are overlapping. You know what I'm saying? How you bring up your children and your financial decisions and whether or not you are a learned person, a calm person, whether or not you have good taste, you decorate the house. It's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal, right? The Gemara talks about how the Tanayim came to visit somebody who was sick and Rabbi Kiva went around and he started cleaning up the house. And they said, why are you cleaning up the house? And he's, the Gemara says that the sick person turned to Rabbi Kiva and he said, you gave me life. By having a clean house, you gave me life. Like the house is clean, it's nice, it's bright, it's eerie. We don't realize how little subtle things within our relationship, it like it it has a direct effect on your spouse. So somebody who's not functional, they're staying in bed late and they're not they're not able to get out of bed. My heart goes out to them that they feel that that's where they need to be, but sometimes they need that motivation in order to to get themselves into a place where they're able to function better. To address whatever it is that, you know, was going, was, was causing them to feel like in such a depressed state. Obviously, this is not the forum for talking about somebody that I don't know, but I'm just throwing that out there. Sometimes there's a heart to heart conversation and sometimes a person has to be very, very understanding. Like, Hey, this is where you are. I feel so bad for you that you don't have the kaifas to be able to like get up in the morning and get out of bed. And I know how hard it is for you. So I'm going to help you. How can I help you? How can I be of service? Let me speak to your therapist so I can know how I could empower you or I could, or I could encourage you. A person needs to know what, what their role is in that specific relationship, but obviously this person can't do it on their own, so they need the help to do that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Take the mic. Hi. Um, so Fire I'm away. Gonna, okay, so I want to ask a question about the backseat driving. The backseat driving was just uh, an example because that's something easy and generic and not too personal. Okay. Um, basically, the question is like this. Something will happen that's kind of stupid and on the outside doesn't look offensive. I'll get offended. So now I'm feeling hurt. But if I say something to my husband, he gets offended. And now we're both feeling hurt. No apologies are going anywhere. And now we're just stuck to upset people side by side. So right. is there, so how do you, so then, so then there's a lot of things that I just swallow, but I'm not swallowing it happily. So it's not like it's good that I'm swallowing it. Right. The, by so the way, you're, you you are hitting the nail on the head with exactly, I think, the point that I was driving at 
you know, with this whole concept. I'm making it seem very simple, but it's it's not simple, meaning because what you're expressing is exactly the dynamic of most couples where something happens, a person feels hurt, rejected, um, like like second fiddle, somebody's pandering to them, whatever the case may be, they feel that. They then either swallow it, which is unhealthy, by the way. It's not healthy. I'm going to say something bold here. You should be able to talk to your spouse about uncomfortable things. Right. But, but it then it come ends up being like even less comfortable. So it's just less but, fun. But my po- here's my point. My point is, is that there's a skill that has to be developed here. And the skill is, how do I say something? Which normally our conversations go from becoming uncomfortable to hurtful to resentful to I'm not even talking to you anymore. How do I change that model? The answer is, I know that you love me and I love you. I know inherently in our relationship that is a fundamental, which means let's stop for a second. Okay, let's let's walk through how this looks. I pause for a second. I say, okay, my spouse did not mean harm. They didn't mean harm. I trust that they did not mean to hurt me. I trust that when he made that comment, it was it was either he wasn't thinking clearly, he didn't mean it that way, he thought he was funny, it was a dad joke, whatever, right? He he made that comment, that statement, whatever it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay calm and I'm going to turn to him and I'm going to now talk to him out of love. And I'm going to say to him like, oh, haha, that's so funny. Whatever. Move on. Or, you know, like when you say that, it doesn't make me feel so great. Let's talk about something else. I'm not, I'm not going to be the one that's going to cause this conversation now to go down a path that I don't want it to go down. It's a skill. It's a skill. By the way, if you're hearing this for the first time, and you're like, wait, I'm not there. That's a good thing. That's good. So good. We learned a new thing tonight. You understand? I'm not expecting you to hear this and go like, oh, <laughs> I just figured this all out with my husband who's not even listening. You know, that's not what I expect. I, I'm happy you're hearing this. And you're saying now this is a skill that has to be talked through. And by the way, even if you hear it and understand it completely, which I'm sure everybody here does, it, it could still take a thousand times to try it and get it, it. You have to master this. This is not something which is like all of a sudden overnight. There's a lot of chachma in, you know, in Mishle and in Eshazchaya, which is part of Mishle. This, this is not a simple thing to just like do. This is something that really takes time to develop and work through. And by the way, the simplest way to do it is next time you realize you're in a fight, have the awareness of what's going on and then stop and turn to your spouse and be like, haha, you know what's funny? I just realized we actually love each other. I realize that it's funny. And the reason we got here was because we forgot that for a split second. We just, we forgot. That's so funny. I forgot that. I didn't mean all those hurtful things I, I said. I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I allowed you to pull me down a path and I allowed myself to be pulled down a path and we were pulling each other down a certain path, but there's no reason. It's funny because I actually do like you. I don't mean to hurt you, right? We have to like go back to like the, the awareness of what's happening is is how you stop going down the same path over and over and over. If you don't have the awareness, then you don't even know how you got there. Think through your last argument with your spouse. Like, what happened there? Like, rehash it in your brain. Oh, and then he said this. Oh, I'll never let him let that down. Like, oh, like, calm down. Like, the minute one person takes, like, like a misstep, it, 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 it just goes off. And that's, yes, I don't expect you to master it in one night. I just hope to bring about the awareness so that next time you're in the situ- situation, you're able to overcome this a little bit different. Yeah, last question. One more. Fire away, yeah. Um, how should a couple work out where to live when one spouse wants to stay and one spouse wants to move? 
Oh boy. <laughs> this is a tough one. Okay. How does a couple figure out where they want to live when one spouse wants to stay and one spouse wants to go? Um, okay. So here's the news. Okay. In order for a couple to survive a move, wherever they're going to move, they both have to be on the same page with that move. Okay. There's, there's a very famous concept. It's, it's something which, which is really psuk him in the Torah where Yaakov Avinu is living by Lavan's house. I say this to so many couples. Um, I think the Yisait is just really important. Yaakov Avinu is living by Lavan's house. And he has four wives and he has the Shvatim. And Hashem comes to him and says to him, Yaakov, it's time for you to leave. It's time for you to move. And Yaakov Avinu says, wait a minute. I don't know if my wives are going to be on board with this. So he turns to his wives and he says, honeys, Let's go into the field and let's have a conversation. Don't try that at home either. Okay. <laughs> he says, let's go into the field and have a conversation. Why the field? Cause it's a private place. I could talk to you. And he says, let's talk. And if you, it's interesting. If you look in the psukim for nine psukim, Yaakov talks to his wives and does not mention the fact that Hashem told him to move. He says, you know, it would be better for you over there. Your father was very mean to me, blah, blah, blah. And last night Hashem came and told me that I should leave. And the wives answer back and they say, yeah, it would be better for us to leave. And by the way, Hashem told you to leave, we should leave. Hashem was almost like secondary to the concept of Kesher, to the concept of marriage is unity. And if you want to make a decision with your spouse, you have to get your spouse on board. There's no such thing as I'm doing this and you'll just come along. Your spouse will be so resentful. Yaakovina was very smart because immediately after this, when they start leaving, and Lavan comes running, and everyone starts screaming and panicking and yelling and screaming, the wives are on Yaakov's side. They're not standing there on, La- on their father's side, right, and going, well, you know, maybe my father's right, maybe we should go back. They don't say that. They're like, no, 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 we left. End of story. We're out the door. Our minds are there. So the answer is, I'm going to say a sentence here. You know, there's a, there's a, a pasuk, it says, Vikes, I think it's a pasuk, it says, Vikesef yane esakal. That money answers everything. I always say that with marriage, vikesher yana as I call. That the answer to everything is kesher. You want to know how to move and get your spouse on board? Kesher. Get them on board. Connect with them. Talk to them. Hear their concerns. Weigh the pros. Weigh the cons. Make sure that they feel really understood by you. And then that decision will be a joint decision. If you're really smart, your spouse will think that they had the idea to move in the first place. You know what I'm saying? If you're really smart, if you play your cards right. If you don't and you start forcing them or trying to trick them or convince them why financially it's better for them and they don't realize that it's really better for them in a different place, it's not going to work. Ultimately, they'll move, they'll follow you, and then they'll be very, very resentful. And they'll just be these people who are locked up in their house and they don't want to talk to anybody because I didn't want, I didn't want to be here. And anything that goes wrong, you'll be to blame. Kesher, Yana, Esakal. Connection is everything in marriage. That is everything. It's the answer to everything. Get on board with your spouse. Make sure you realize, and they realize that this is one unit. Don't force your opinion on them. Hear them out. Make sure that they're understood. And then ultimately, this decision will be an adopted decision by both of you. And when you're faced with any challenge in the new thing, they'll be on board. You won't see them sitting there on the side when you're like when the move is happening. Going, well, I don't want to be here anyways. This is all your fault. You deal with this. You deal with the busted pipe. You deal with the plumber. You deal with the lawyer. Because they're going to be on board with it. They're going to be like, yeah, yeah, I really want to be here also. It's really important to understand that any anything like this, which challenges a marriage, a move challenges a marriage, sickness, illness, a, a lot of things challenge marriages. Moving is a challenge to every any marriage. It affects the children. It affects the environment. There's there's a lot of new things. If a person wants to do that successfully, get your spouse on board. Get your spouse on board. You'll be successful.
You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.